Welcome to our Clothes with the Sun daily podcast, our daily reading of the gospel and meditation. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, April 17th, 2023. It is Monday of the second week of Easter. Our reading today is from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you are doing unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man once grown old be born again? Surely he cannot re-enter his mother's womb and be born again, can he? Jesus answered, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you you must be born from above. The wind blows where it wills, and you can hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Oh, I love these gospel readings, especially around Easter time. This is a great reading. He's giving us, Jesus is giving us a little bit of a teaching about the Holy Spirit. I remember hearing Pope John Paul say this. Pope John Paul would have these big masses in countries all over the world where he traveled as Pope, and he would have so many people, millions of people attend, and then the wind would just start blowing like crazy. And he would say, yes, yes, come Holy Spirit. Yes, the word spirit, by the way, in the Bible is ruah, which means breath. It also means wind. So the Holy Spirit very often accompanies wind blowing. Wind blowing is very often a sign that the Spirit is present. And so the Holy Father would say, yes, the the Holy Spirit comes. The wind blows where it wills. You do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So... We're getting ready for the coming of the Spirit. At the end of the Easter season, we celebrate Pentecost. The coming of the Holy Spirit is a fruit of Jesus' death and resurrection. Reconciling us to the Father is huge. It's a big part of it. It's uh, the fruit of the crucifixion. It's a fruit of the ascension as well. Jesus goes in order to prepare a place for us. He goes so that then the Spirit can come. Another way to talk about this is that Jesus was here as man on earth, the God-man, and he did a ministry for three years in a very limited space, whereas now he's established his church and he has sent the Holy Spirit to the church that now we can do this. What he did, we can do it everywhere and every time and every place. The Holy Spirit makes us other Christs. So we become the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is meant to spread throughout the world as Jesus gives us the Great Commission. And uh, as the body of Christ goes, then God's grace is able to fill this planet. More importantly, fill our souls, fill all people, draw us all to God, remind us of the dignity in which we were made and to which we are called. 
So Jesus is speaking here to Nicodemus, and this is one of the spots where we're going to hear about baptism. Jesus says, you must be born again of water and the Spirit. And this is connected to us receiving the Holy Spirit. So, just wanted to focus on a couple little spots here. Nicodemus says, surely a man cannot re-enter his mother's womb and be born again. When I take theology of the body classes, one thing Christopher West will point out is that Jesus doesn't say no. Jesus doesn't contradict him. <laughs> In other words, and, and then he specifically will connect it to St. Louis de Montfort, talking about how we must be born again. Of course, it's all about our baptism, being born again of water and the Spirit, but when St. Louis de Montfort introduces this idea of consecration to Jesus through Mary, what it is essentially is it's a renewal of our baptismal promises. It's a renewal of our baptism, but with a special focus on Mary and her motherhood. See, because Mary is all wrapped up in our spiritual rebirth. She's our mother. It's at the foot of the cross that we are born because Jesus pays the price for our sins. Mary endures labor pains for us in that she suffers with Jesus at the foot of the cross. Being his mother, you know, she's going to feel his pain. When Revelation talks about a woman uh, laboring in pain to give birth, we often will attribute that passage to each one of us um, being reborn, being born again. Jesus enables us to do that through his death and resurrection. And Mary is the mother that's there that suffers through it. So, Mary is connected to our rebirth. Mary is very much a part of that. Mary is praying for us at the foot of the cross. She endures all those pains, not because she's the Savior, but also not because she has sins that need to be redeemed, but rather she endures it all and consents to it all in, as, as an intercessory prayer for us. So this time of year, we're celebrating the death and resurrection and there's lots of focus on baptism. One reason is that so many people were baptized at the Easter Vigil. This is a common thing for adults that are preparing. I mean, they can be baptized at other times, but generally it's at the Easter Vigil that it happens. And that's when everybody comes together and they also will receive their confirmation. If they're, if they're newly baptized as adults, they also get confirmed. And then, of course, they get their first communion as well. And if they've never been baptized before, they don't have to go to confession because baptism takes away all sins. But you only get one baptism. <laughs> it's your one freebie, we say. A lot of times, though, people preparing in RCIA will make some sort of a confession anyway, just to practice for it, just to know this is what they need to do the rest of their lives. And it helps a person to better receive that grace if they truly are sorry for their sins and if they're attentive to the sins of the past. They can give them all much more freely to the Lord. But yes, no reconciliation sacrament is needed because baptism takes care of that. But yes, the other thing, just connecting all these things together, these different themes, is with Easter, we are given the ability to be born again. We believe that with all sacraments, Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension, his paschal mystery is made present. We believe that's par excellence the case in the Eucharist, because the Eucharist literally is 
the uh, the body of Jesus broken, given for us, the blood of Christ shed for us. But still, we believe that these mysteries become present in all the other sacraments. So when a person is baptized, whether it be a baby or a full-grown adult, and the water is poured on the head, invisibly what happens? Original sin is taken away. If there are any actual sins, they are taken away. A person is joined to the body of Christ. A person is filled with grace, filled with the Holy Spirit, and that comes as a result of the passion and death the Paschal mystery of Jesus, his resurrection, etc. So we believe these things are made present. When you receive forgiveness, absolution of your sins in the confessional, we believe the passion of our Lord is made present, giving us the grace to receive forgiveness, filling us with the Holy Spirit. So all these things are connected. Jesus is an eternal being. So even in his humanity, when he does what he does, then that applies to all of time. The blood of Christ can be applied to our souls right here and right now, insofar as we ask him, but even more so insofar as we receive the sacraments, baptism, confession, Eucharist, etc. His passion is made present. Even when people are married or receive holy orders, that comes through the power of Jesus's paschal mystery. He won those graces for us in winning our salvation, in carrying out the work of our salvation. So this is important that as we continue to meditate on the resurrection and what Jesus did for us, we meditate on the fruit of the resurrection, that he has enabled us to be born again of water and the spirit. He has enabled us to uh, become other Christ that are animated by the Holy Spirit, anointed with the spirit, just as he was for his public ministry in his life here on earth. And yes, Mary's very much a part of that. St. Louis de Montfort talks about... um, just as Mary formed Jesus in this world to be the perfect man, see, because Jesus emptied himself of his divinity, it shows the importance of his parents here on earth. So we too can be formed to be other Christs through the intercession of Mary. Of course, once again, it's the cross that does it. It's the resurrection, the Paschal mystery. It's only Jesus that does it. But Mary intercedes for us in a very special way. Mary is our spiritual mother. And so St. Louis de Montfort talks about through consecration to Mary, it's as if we enter Mary's womb. We are formed by Mary. We are held in her arms. We are covered by her mantle. We are fed by her, especially that's a very real image when we consider receiving the Eucharist being the body and blood of Christ. We are being fed with Mary's flesh because Mary gives Jesus his flesh. It all comes from her. So Mary truly mothers us, and St. Louis de Montfort will talk about how the best way to become other Christ and to be formed as Christ, at least the quickest, most efficient way, is to do this through Mary, through devotion to Mary, consecration to Mary. He says, we are fed at Mary's breast. We are reborn from Mary's womb. This is why Jesus doesn't contradict Nicodemus when he says, oh, a man cannot be born again from his mother's womb. Can he? Well, okay. In a way, yes. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're doing. And it's also the womb of Mother Church. It's being fed at the breasts of mother's, Mother Church. Mother Church gives us the word, the sacraments, the community, our family. So much we're given by the church. Mary being the preeminent member of the church, all these things come together, and Jesus won all these things for us in his death and resurrection. 
So we ask the Lord that we may truly understand these gifts, we may truly appreciate them, and continue to receive his mercy. We're still in the time of divine mercy, and uh, although every day is an opportunity for mercy, we, uh, we ask the Lord that our hearts may be open more and more and more to these things, that what our Lord did for us will not be in vain, that we will continue to receive his grace, continue to have our sins taken away, and continue to become him more and more and more for the sake of our own salvation and for the sake of the world around us and all that the Lord, all those whom the Lord sends us to. Have a great day, everyone. God bless you.